and welcome to episode 74 of the Stick to Hockey podcast. For those listening, uh, thank you, and uh, I hope you're enjoying the NHL pause. We also have a video component to this one, which I'll post on the Stick to Hockey YouTube page. I, didn't, I don't know if you know we had that, Russ, did you? I did. I had no idea. <laughs> News well, to me. Well, we do, and uh, well, we bring in a handsome fella, so we're actually doing video as well. We bring in the He's handsome. Got good hair. Got, oh, he man. I'm so jealous. Brian Boucher joins us. Boucher, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. How are you guys surviving uh, the self-isolation? Holy I'm shit, lucky. your hair is surviving. Yeah. I'm lucky <laughs> I get to write about prospects, right? So <laughs> the draft will happen, and, and I'm pretty much the same way as Jason. The draft will happen, and so no matter what, like my year hasn't changed that much. It's just I'm not going to games. That's all that's changed. Well, the scouts aren't going to games either, and that, that could be a problem. I talked to Chuck Fletcher yesterday, and, and he alluded that, look, everybody's under the same deal, and they're not going to be able to see CHL playoffs or, you know, right. these players and juniors play the, you know, the most important hockey of their season and get a gauge on that. Uh, but, uh, Boosh, let me ask you about this, because Arizona brought a lot of guys in when they weren't supposed to, and that's even more pronounced now as an advantage than it was yeah. before the pandemic. Yeah, uh, you know, for the most part, most teams are all in the same boat, right? And um, I, th I think by now, a lot of these, you know, scouts probably have formed their opinions and have their, their ideas set on who they think a player is and what they can be. There's no doubt when you watch players in the postseason, you know, maybe you can see some extra character traits in a player or they can enhance their, their status or, you know, in some cases, um, maybe disappoint a little bit. But... I would like to think that most kids that are draft eligible going into their, you know, junior playoffs or even if it's, uh, you know, the postseason for college, if there are some younger uh, draft eligible guys in college, that the postseason would, would bring out the best in these players. So I think a majority of the work has been done. Um, you know, certainly you'd like to get one last viewing of a player, but uh, that's not going to happen. So it's going to make for an interesting, uh, an interesting draft. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And, and hopefully uh, – these amateur scouts have done their jobs and, and not been waiting for the postseason to get uh, another viewing and, and they can, uh, you know, they can give some good feedback to their general managers. Yeah. I was going to say, Jay, for the most part, I agree with everything Brian said, and I pretty much said it on Julius's show yesterday, but the only difference is if a player was injured, he missed the tournament, missed yeah. part of this season, or if he's a Euro, then, you know, like I spoke to Tim Stutzel and I, I put it on sportsology.com. I put, I'm putting it out in a two part series. Not a lot of people have seen him, right, play for Adler Mannheim. He did play in the World Juniors, so if you saw that, great. And um, all the scouts saw that, there's no question. But you don't have a ton of viewings with a guy like that. And then some of the other guys that don't get invited to the World Juniors that you had to go over to Sweden to see, they probably wanted to see them in the U18s. They're not going yep. to. So there'll be more guessing this year than, than usual. They're going to probably fall back on last year's notes, too, a lot more and see the progression. I, I think that's what I would do. Yeah, good point. Hey, Bush, did you when, – when you were getting into your draft year and getting close to, to being draft eligible, did you know when scouts were in the stands? And how did it affect you in the way you played? Uh, no, I, I mean, I didn't know – I just assumed that there were scouts at every game. I mean, I played in the Western Hockey League, so, uh, you know, I just assumed there was a scout at every game. And I think pretty much th there was on most nights um, in the Western League. I mean, we had – on my team, we had uh, – Damon Lankow, who went fifth overall to Tampa, 
Terry Ryan, who went eighth overall to Montreal. Uh, so those are two highly scouted guys. So, you know, having guys on your team like that, that are rated top 10 in the draft, you know, for the most part, you, you can expect that scouts are going to be there. And I, I think that's why it, it helped me. I mean, I, I knew when I went to Tri-City that there was going to be a lot of eyes on me uh, just because of those two guys. So uh, that was one of the intriguing parts for me to, to sign with the Tri-City Americans in the Western Hockey League. Worked out well for me because I was First rated round early, pick. Well, I was, I was rated early second round when I was playing Tier 2 in Toronto. And when I signed in the Western Hockey League in November, I believe it was late October, early November, you know, I knew that I would have some eyes on me to, to, to see. And, and we made a trade at the deadline, which brought in more players. And we ended up going to the league semifinals in the Western Hockey League, eventually losing to Kamloops at six. And Kamloops was loaded. I mean, they had guys like Darcy Tucker, oh, yeah. Nat Domincelli, uh, wow. Shane Doan, Jerome McGinley, uh, Jason Strudwick. Uh, Tyson Nash. Uh, I mean, they, they were loaded. That that was in their that was in their. Uh, I think they had won three for three, and maybe they they ended up getting five for five. I think Kamloops did in Memorial Cup. So we lost to them in the league semifinal. Took them to six, um, which I think enhanced my my draft status. So two things about that. I interviewed Dylan Peterson eh, probably like two months ago, two and a half months ago. He's a this year's draft pick. He told me he knows when scouts are in the are in these stands because he could see the black jackets. He calls them the black jacket. <laughs> yeah. So that's how much now guys are finally attuned to, to knowing that. The other thing is, Brian, why didn't you go to Rhode Island? To Providence, rather. Why didn't did – they, did they come calling or did you not want to? was there. <laughs> well, I, I wanted I, – listen, I, my first choice was I wanted to go to Boston College, but they wanted okay. nothing to do with me. Uh, I was playing. I was playing high school hockey up until my when I finished my junior year in high school at Mount St. Charles Academy in Rhode Island, and we played. I think it was twelve or fifteen minute periods back then, and uh, and then I made the U.S. Select Seventeen team that summer after my junior year. So when I made the U.S. Select Seventeen team, which is equivalent to the under seventeen NTDP team now, we didn't have the program back then. Uh, that's when things started to kind of like unfold for me. And then at that point going into my, I, we played an international tournament in Mexico city of all places in August after I made the 17 team. And then a bunch of junior teams wanted me. I think I was on Sioux city's uh, list in the USHL and I, but I chose to go play in the Metro Toronto league, which I don't think exists anymore. It's the Wexford Raiders who had a pretty good program. Um, and I went and played there with two teammates who were on my U.S. team. And I wanted to go to Boston College. That's where I wanted to go. But they didn't want me. Uh, Providence was recruiting me, and so was Michigan State. Um, okay. But they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't pull the trigger on me. They were kind of dragging their feet, dragging their feet. And I remember telling Providence, uh, I was thinking about signing with Tri-City in the Western Hockey League, and they thought I was bluffing. I think they thought I was trying to, like, force them to, to you know, give me the four-year scholarship. And then I called uh, the assistant coach, Dave Berard, who's at Holy Cross now. His son is Brett Berard and Brady Berard, who's going to the NTDP next year as well. And I told him, I said, I signed in Tri-City, um, so I'm no longer NCAA eligible. And uh, he was shocked and surprised. But um, for me, it was a, a decision that I, I made on, on, on my gut. And in a lot of ways, it paid off. It, I think it got me to go in the first round. I played a lot of hockey. My biggest fear about going to college is a goaltender, and, I, and I'm all for the college route now. I got a son who's 17 years old. He's committed to Boston University, and I, you know, I, I fully support that. But for as a goaltender, I was afraid to sit behind an upperclassman going into his school as a freshman and sophomore. And 
in college you play 38 games, 36 games. It's not like the schedule tires a goaltender out. you got to hope that that guy gets hurt, he gets sick, he fails out or something, that you're going to get a chance uh, unless you are like a Spencer Knight and you can come in and play right away. So um, I just wanted to go somewhere where I could play, and I ended up playing in Tri-City. Um, I played 35 games the rest of that season from like Thanksgiving on and went to the league semifinal and ended up getting drafted first round. And then I think the following year I played 55 games. Um, and then the, the next year I think it was 40-something, but I was, I was injured a little bit. So I got a lot of playing time, and I think it helped me. I think the only negative to it now is that, you know, I don't have uh, a school to call an alma mater. You know, that's the, right. that's the downside of it. But, um, you know, Tri-City was a great place and uh, made some great memories for myself. So, so here's who they ended up picking for Providence in 94-95. Bob Bell, Dan Dennis, Vin Martino. I don't know any of those guys. That was their goal. Their three. There were the three goalies. Three studs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that are working at Walmart now. <laughs> I mean, this poor guy. No, Wall Street, maybe. I don't know. You know? Yeah. Right, this this yeah. one poor guy, Vin Martino, has Jason's. Um, he has. He pretty much looks like Jason. He's five nine one sixty one. Five nine. Jeez. I'd give, was, I'd give a was, nut for was five that? nine. <laughs> <laughs> what was ninety five ninety six? What was? I'm gonna I'll, I'll look it up. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, hey, Bush. Did when when um in your draft year and you know because you wouldn't have played in your draft year if you were sitting behind any of those three clowns, right? Uh, you wouldn't have gotten uh, any playing time. So well, I I was playing tier two uh, my draft year, so that would have been my. I was a senior in high school. I was going to school in in Toronto. Um, and I was playing tier two and I was, you know, I was playing, I wasn't, I was sharing time with the kid that I was playing there. This other guy, I think his name was Ashley Stevens and he was looking for a scholarship as well. And he was a little older than I was. He was like, I want to say he was 1920. So I think they were, you know, the priority was they want to help him out too, but also, you know, they had a guy in me that was rated for the draft. So it was kind of a, I don't know how that would have played out in the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. In my draft right, so, year. so here's, they didn't do much better. They, and maybe that guy's name is Dan Denis. I'm not sure because he's from. No, it's Dennis. It's Dan Dennis. Business. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mark Kane. <laughs> Bush is still scarred. Yep. <laughs> I don't hold grudges. I don't. <laughs> Mark Kane. hate mail. And Mark Scott Kane. Swanger. I still oh, yeah. have never heard of these guys. Yeah, those names do not uh, ring. You could have been. You could have been their star. I know. <laughs> but that, Bush, but did you? Knows, things happen for a reason, you know. Maybe I would have sure. gone there and, and stunk and uh, you know been near home, and it was great for me to move three thousand miles away and and kind of you know spread my own wings. Well, the, the other thing, Bush, is you're a product of your environment, and maybe the environment would have been good at, for a goaltender there at that time too. Right. You just and, and don't no forget, I, I don't. I don't think Providence had the culture uh, that it has today back then. I think they, True. you know, the years that like. Terrian was there uh, with Craig Darby, uh, Brian Rodolfi was there. They had they had some pretty decent teams there at Providence uh, in the early '90s. I think they kind of hit a, a bit of a downside there in the during mid. the time that I would have been there. So yeah. maybe it wasn't a good fit. But like I said, my my initial place that I wanted to go was Boston College because I had a bunch of buddies that were going there: Marty Reasoner, Brendan Buckley, and I, they didn't want me. So they, they I think they went with Scott Clemenson. Uh, who they had? Who it oh. turned out to be a pretty good, good college. college. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Oh. Uh, Bush, did you ever play hockey night in Boston? Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. I did. I did one year as well. But I'm much. I'm a, not much older than you, but I'm older than you. Yeah, <laughs> long, long time. Yeah, but you see, Brian never got to play in the bean pot. He probably now your mm. son may get to play in the bean pot. 
Right. And that's, that was some of the allure of, you know, going to a Boston school was to play in that tournament for him. Yeah. It's fun yeah. to cover it. If people I got, are gone, they should go. Yeah. I, not that I want to get sidetracked. And I don't know how much time you have. I have a funny story about hockey in Boston when I did not make uh, the sophomore all-star team. Uh, my buddy, Brian Burrard did, cause he made everything. He was a first overall oh, pick. So beast. I didn't make the, <laughs> I didn't make the sophomore all-star team, and uh, but I was so mad that I wanted to go up and see which guys they took for the sophomore all-star team. So I drove with his parents uh, to you know, when they started the, the the big tournament, and I wanted to see which goalies they picked. This was before the internet and all that, right? So yeah. I sat in the, so I sat in the lobby and I watched every goalie walk through the door. You know what I mean? I'm like, this guy they picked that guy. I'm like, he stinks. You know what I mean? Like I was so mad and you know I was. <laughs> basically cursing everybody that walked through the door and then a guy from hockey night in boston walked up to me he's like hey you brian boucher I said, yeah i'm brian boucher i like with an attitude you know what i mean like, just tough guy yeah and he goes uh we've been trying to call you he's like uh you made the team he's like you know we had I, is this your phone number they had my phone number written down oh man uh, so i was like all right that's what i'm talking about so i picked up the phone i called my dad I was like dad you gotta get up here we live that was up at merrimack college he it took like an hour and 15 minutes from Woonsocket, rhode island he sped up and drove and brought, brought your gear yeah and then i was all like i was everybody's buddy but i was out and cursing everybody before that yeah, 10 minutes you're all like oh you're gonna pound sand you pricks yeah. like, hey, what's up buddy how you doing congratulations <laughs> Look, I gave Brian, up a six at- spot, three three to Kachuk in that tournament, and two to Scott Lachance in one game. I got shelled. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Let me ask you about this because in the U.S. I didn't get to see this, but your ninety six ninety seven World Junior performance you you had a nine forty two save percentage. Your your backup goalie was a guy who really didn't like to do interviews in Robert Esch, but you had a good team. You had Mike York, who was actually a really good guy. I like Mike York a lot. Mark Parrish. What about that team and and that experience. Yeah, that was great. Uh, so the year prior, uh, it was my first World Juniors. It was in Boston, and uh, we finished fifth place. It was not – we didn't do very good. And yeah, I was trying to shield you from that. That's why yeah, it was, it, it was a bumpy tournament. And I think we – you know, I, unfortunately, you know, Canada was loaded, obviously, like they always are. But uh, we were, I think, a little bit nervous and some, some local guys playing in that tournament. And the second go-around, I tell you, it's like – it's, a, it's as if, like, it's equivalent to saying, like, you're a rookie in the National Hockey League and then playing eight, ten years later. That's the difference in one world junior to the next and how you feel and how comfortable you are the next year. And in Switzerland, uh, you know, we had, we had experience because a lot of the same guys were from the year prior that came to Switzerland. And uh, it was tremendous. Marty Reasoner was on that team, Eric Rasmussen. Uh, Paul Morrow was a 16 year old and underage on that team, but we were, we just gelled right away. The guys got along and, uh, it was great. I mean, I, I played every game in that tournament. Uh, I just remember being so much more confident, so much, so, so, so many less distractions being in another country as opposed to being in Boston and being their home and family was there. And don't forget, I was playing in the Western hockey league. And I, so I'm 3,000 miles away from home playing junior hockey, telling my, my parents and my, my siblings about how great it is and how great yeah. I play. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm really good. You know, this is before, like, hockey TV and all that. Yeah, no, stuff. none of us saw yeah. that. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like Dad, I'm, in Canada. I'm like, Dad, I'm really good. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. You know what I mean? And then I, and then I go home and, I, and I, I choke in front of everybody. You know what I mean? So I was, like, really, like, disappointed. And, 
um, you know, but then you go to Europe and, but my parents did come to that tournament in Switzerland oh, okay. and uh, they got to see me play. It was, a, we lost two nothing in the final to Canada. Unfortunately, um, they scored a goal late. It was a one nothing game the whole game, but uh, it was a great experience, great team, great guys. And up until that point, that was the best the United States had ever done in the World Juniors uh, with a silver medal. They've since, you know, eclipsed yeah. all that with some golds. But uh, and and at that point, the next year was when they started the U.S. National Team Development Program because they asked they asked us. They said, if you had this program available to you would you have gone to the U.S. program as opposed to going to the Western Hockey League? And I said, absolutely. I mean, this would have been right, right in my wheelhouse, yeah. something that yeah. I would have done. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't, it wasn't there for guys like us. Now, do you think Esch got mad that he didn't get in the game? For sure. Yeah. Did oh, he bring yeah. it up he, to you later? <laughs> no, 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 no. He, well, he, it, so he was – that was his first uh, year eligible for the World Juniors, and the next year he played, right? right. So um, – yeah, he was. He's a competitive guy, and there's no yeah. doubt that he wanted to play. But he was a good teammate, a good soldier, and uh, um, yeah, I don't know how they did the following year, but um, you know, I, I'm sure I'm sure it aided him that he, he he got he got the better of me. We got traded for each other, and he came here, and they almost went to the Stanley Cup final in '04. So I would say that he, uh, you know, he, he he got me back. Hey, hey Bush, when you looked at Ash in the locker room, you're like, man, this guy is not really athletic looking. <laughs> like you know what I mean like you look at goalies and they're long a lot of times especially now yeah. and and you kind of were on the beginning of that curve of you know tall longer goalies and, and lean and, yeah. and you look at a guy like Lundqvist now I mean he's and Ryan Miller Jesus you could pick him up with your with one hand and curl him you know right but you look at Ash and you go how's this guy but he, he was just a gamer right great athlete too like you know you, do, you good know, at everything don't judge a book by its yeah. cover. Yeah, like he was, uh, he was a really good athlete. Maybe not in the greatest of shape, but <laughs> uh, he certainly found a way to to get it done. One thing that always stood out to me at that, especially at that age, was the the, the ability he had to handle the puck. Man, he could fire the puck, and I Take wasn't. Forearms, I was, huh? Yeah, and I was a right hand shot when I played forward. So for me to Oof. shoot left handed, it was hard for me. You know what I mean? But he, you could, he would get out and play pucks. I was like, holy smoke, this guy can really, he can really zip it. So he was, he, I don't know if he ever did score a goal at any level, but uh, he certainly was strong enough to score a goal. And back then, that was, that was rare. Like that, you know, now it's more commonplace. But back then, uh, to be able to do that was a, a real feather in your cap. No, he was a great goaltender. He, he was, he was uh, a true competitor, had a lot of fire and whatever. He, Maybe he didn't have in talent. He certainly made up in, in character. That next year, they didn't even place. Finland won it. They weren't even in fourth for that. But oh, really? But did well. He had a 9.22. But he did split Oof. time with Jean-Marc Pelletier. Oh, okay. Wow. Another, another ex-teammate of mine. Yeah. yeah. S played four games. Pelletier played three. Interesting. Okay. Now, now Bush, um, you were right-hand shot. Did you, when you were younger, were you flipping the stick around? Flipping it over uh, to put your glove on the knob? Uh, sometimes I did. I mean, if it was wrapped around, like, to my right and it was hard rim, like, I would flip it around just to stop it, right? You know, yeah. just to make sure I got a piece of it. Um, but I never really tried to play it with, uh, you know, flipping it over Cujo style or John Casey style. I, I It was more just to stop it. I always tried to play it left-handed, but I was just so atrocious at it at a young age like that was one of my real weaknesses not until I got probably seven eight years into my NHL career did I come up with a game plan of how to play pucks and it was more like using my defensemen knowing where, where my outs were and, and working in conjunction with them as opposed to just trying to fire it like I think early on guys would get out and just rim it in the glass you know yeah. mindlessly now there's a, right there's into a, pressure 
yeah, there's a process to it. You know what I mean? If you mm -hmm. have demons that go to the corners and, and talk to you and you have the patience to understand that you got more time than you think and guys aren't going to hit you, you know, yeah. so you don't need to really panic, you know, and I think the trapezoid helped me too, because that eliminated an area of the ice that I, I can't go. So it just simplified my, my, my situation. Maybe it hurt guys like Turco and Brodeur because they wanted to get out. Yeah. They were really good with the stick. Yeah. Yeah. So, but to me, I mean, it actually, it, it helped me in a crazy way. See, but I hate the trapezoid. Can find you. Yeah. I wish they would take away the trapezoid. I really do hate it. I, it's not that I want it to be open season on goalies and everybody should hit them, but I do think they lounge back there sometimes and take a few yeah. extra seconds, and I don't like that. Well, right, because they know they can't get hit. And I, right. I don't listen. I now that I'm not playing anymore, I'm not <laughs> suggesting that guys take runs at goaltenders because the same rules apply. You can't take four, five, six steps and run a guy. Right. But I mean, if you get in there and go, you know, stick on stick, or you know, and you kind of bump them, and, and the goalie falls. And now he's out of the net. Like, That's on the goalie, yeah. Yeah, the goaltender might be like, look, I can't be out here too long. I got to get my job done and get out of here. Right. Uh, but, but, again, you're opening up you're opening up a can of worms there by allowing some contact. What is some contact? You know, if you got Jordan Tutu who decides he wants to come in and just, you know, put you on a stretcher that night. I mean, that, we, I always, thought, of, I always thought about it with a guy like that. You know? well, what if we shrink the trapezoid so then they won't feel like they have as much time? Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, but but a lot of goalies like Ben Bishop will use the back post. Like you go around and you float to the back post, and if you do that and float Eventually to that back, run out of, run yeah. Out of room. But but what yeah. he does is is by going to the back post away from the pressure, he provides himself more time, and his vision's totally yeah. opened up. Now, Bush, I right. sent you a, using you, the net the shield move. Yeah, and, yeah. and and you should only be making a ten foot pass anyway. The defense right. should be yeah. going right to a spot, and you know where they're going, and boom, it's a ten foot right. pass. Um, it's one thing Carter Hart's got to work on this offseason in a big way. Yeah, his, he is not great with the stick. That's his one. Somebody asked Indecisive. Me, yeah, somebody asked me for a shortcoming on Hart, and obviously there's not a lot. He is not confident with the stick yet. And, that's, and that to me is going to come with experience and time. Yep. Like that, you just need repetition. You can't – there's no way you can replicate it in practice as much as you want to try. You just got to be in situations where you see it time and again. You know your outs. You know where your D are going. It's part of a system too, right? Like, you know, that you know – where your D are going, and then you just make a play and, and realize where the pressure is coming from and, you know, have the patience to, to maybe look somebody off and, and dump it somewhere else. You know, it's, it's, sometimes it's, just, a, it's just a little five, ten-foot pass, which allows yeah. for a, a bump to a D and then a bump to the centerman coming low. I'll give you the difference, and you're right about how it's going to be repetition and probably an age thing. So Shesterkin comes in, right, his first game with the Rangers. Now, of course, he's playing in a pro league. He makes a headman pass and gets a scoring chance, and at MSG, like he's not even thinking about it, but he's 23. Yeah, and you know, again, he—I I would suspect that he's a left-hand shot all day long. He's—he's he's got a lot of confidence with the puck yeah. on his stick. He can really zip it too. I was surprised by that. Yeah. You know? So I, I don't know if Hart is a righty or a lefty. I think that—I think that plays into it. To be honest, totally. Like, it, it's yeah. it's like try to like it's if unnatural you're right if you're right-handed right i've had two shoulder surgeries i'm right-handed trying to eat food right with my left hand when i had oh, shoulder surgery it's try hard. it try it this afternoon and see how it goes you're gonna end up putting it all over you you know you're just not as wear a bib <laughs> yeah yeah and then do everything left-handed you know what i mean see how that feels now boosh i sent you, you know a video it, clip catches left it doesn't it doesn't specify. I got to try and find out. Uh, sure. Bush, I sent you a video clip because I don't want you teaching Carter, how to, Carter Hart how to play the puck. You threw it right into the side of the net. And luckily for you, 
it ends up on the stick of Jody Shelley, who couldn't throw it in an ocean from the edge of the beach. And somehow you <laughs> dive across and stop that. that. That is one of the biggest, oh, shit moments as a goalie. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. like, oh, my God. And you just go desperation. And, you know, he's wide open. The net is yawning at him. And somehow you dive over and, and stop that shot. Hold on, though. But Jody did score earlier in that Two. game. Yeah. And he so scored – and he scored in game 82. The next day, he scored the only yep. goal for the Rangers in that shootout game, a redirected from I mean, uh, but no, and that was a bad feeling. I, I, I had the puck on my backhand, and the puck was spinning still. Like, it was yeah. still kind of spinning. And, so it and rotates it on the blade. Yeah. Yeah. And when I went to go play it, I, I totally shanked it. And I thought I was going to put it right in the net directly. And I saw it hit the side of the net, and it just caromed right out in front of the net. And you're right. I mean, you talk about getting your heart rate up. Uh, I can't. Be- I can't believe I stopped that. But uh, that would have been oh, a great shit, save. What I do? Even- oh yeah, that, that would have been a great save even more if we had won the game. So I covered. I, game. This is the game I'm thinking of. I covered it right, and I went in the locker room and interviewed Shelley because he scored two, and I said, "This is clearly the most amount of goals you've ever scored in a game." And he goes, "No, no, I had a hat trick." And I'm like, I looked him straight in the eye. Yeah, and I'm Pee-wee. Like, no, no. And I looked him straight in the eye and I said, no, you didn't. And he goes, you're right. I just, I'm trying. <laughs> he wanted me to write that he had a hat trick, though. Yeah. And, and, and then we signed him the next, uh, the next yes. year. He's, yep. And I told, I, told, I, I told him that I deserve 10% of that sign for him <laughs> scoring me in the last two games. <laughs> He's a good buddy. He's a good buddy. A He's a great guy. dude. He's actually very good at his job now, too. Yeah, yeah now, he is. Here's the part of the uh, Stick to Hockey podcast where the video pays off because – I think, Boosh, I think I have that stick that it rolled onto the heel of oh, <laughs> right yeah. here. This is uh, – It was on the backhand. It was on the backhand. Yeah. So, is that why this tape is all torn up here on the backhand? <laughs> got it. You got it. Does it, have the, does it have the puck mark where I stopped it with the shaft? Uh, <laughs> did you get it on the shaft or the paddle? Uh, the shaft. Oh. It hit, it hit the shaft. I was fully out So, it hit here? Oh, yeah. Oh, Okay. Totally. Totally lucky, man. Like, uh, looks like looks like Jody got to it and, and buffed off the, the, the puck mark <laughs> on the shaft. <laughs> uh, uh, Boosh, um, we were talking about before we started taping uh, about Brian Elliott's tweet with all his. If he had one where he was had a mask on from it was from the yeah. series game, and then everybody was asking him like, "Dude, let's see the whole room because his masks were on display on all these cool shelves, and he's got classic masks. Like, I think he's had a great style." old school, like in St. Yep. Louis with the music notes on the chin piece and always has the moose on the back plate. Where's your display? Like you, you play, I mean, dude, you play for the sharks. That's gotta be one of the coolest masks ever. Yeah. Um, I got to get these displayed. I don't have a display. The only thing I got is, I mean, I do have a few of them because I move so much that, uh, I just haven't had a chance to get them up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, you know, when you're a suitcase like me, it's just, it's too hard. But I have a few of them sitting around. I even have the one from, I just have the cage, the one with the puck sticking in. Gomez. Gomez shot. Yeah, yeah. That nice. one right there. Um, All right, so let's talk so, about that. I, yeah. Because I sent you that, that I wanted to ask you about that. So Gomez comes in right at the top of the circle and just wires one. The puck's wobbling a little bit as it's coming to you, but it has to literally be absolutely 100% perfect for it to wedge inside, you just showed it, inside a cat eye, to yeah, wedge yeah. in one of these areas. Yeah, I don't know if you can see, but... It bent the, your middle bar. Uh, the, yeah, it was bent. See how it's bent? 
Yep. Yeah, but the thing is, is that the, the, I think what the problem was that I had already gotten dinged in the mask already. And I had a, it's a single, it's a single bar. It's not a double. And it was already, it's not I even already, wider, is it? No, it was. And I think it was compromised already because I'd gotten hit already. So that was part of the issue. And you're right. It was wobbling and it has to come in at the precise angle uh, to get there. The only thing I can say is thank God it wasn't a guy like Jason Arnott who Oof. really shot the puck, you know, and it was Blowing a guy your like orbital bones. <laughs> right. And it stopped right on my, it stopped right on my cheekbone. And so you did feel it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I felt it like it. And here's the thing, like when, it, you know, when a puck hits you in, in the head, you hear this ring sensation, mm-hmm. right? Actually, I, I don't know that. Thankfully. Okay. Well, Russ, this is, this is how it goes. You, you, you get the ring sensation, right? You smell burnt rubber. Yep. Right. Oh. And then all I saw was like black. So Just stuck there. I, I, I honestly thought that, you know, I, I lost my eye. Like I thought that it, 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 it that's it, you know, shocks you more I, than anything. Yeah. I, oh yeah. And when I took it off and I, I could see and, and nothing was wrong with my cheekbone. I almost was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, are, are you serious? I was like, Oh my God. Like, but I was, I was shaking. Like that was, that was a scary moment. And then you're kind of like wondering, Jesus, is every shot going to be like that now? Like if it hits you in the cage, you're on your don't. heels. A yeah, little I, bit. I, I was working at Phillips Exeter uh, Academy's hockey school in the summer as a counselor. And we used to play counselors and coaches games. And there was a guy that I think his name was Teddy Gallo. He played for the Leafs, little guy. And he came over to the blue line. And we, were, we weren't even wearing masks at that time. I was wearing a helmet, a Cooper helmet in a cage, right? Combo. Yeah, yeah, and he, I swear when the shot at the top of the circle, it was at my knees and just shot up and caught me right in the forehead. It knocked me down. My stick goes flying, right? I'm like 15 years old. And they come over, they take my mask off, and just blood pours down. It split my head open right here. I got like 12 stitches right in what was my hairline. Yeah. So I go back, and I'm standing in the infirmary, and you can smell the burnt rubber, right? And I'm in the infirmary, and I had a white jersey. Yeah. I look down, there's blood all over it, and I just passed out. <laughs> I wake up on the floor with my coho goalie <laughs> pads up on a chair trying to get blood back in me. So they, they stitch me up. They stick a donut pad in my helmet and go back out and play. But like you yeah. said, like you're on your heels. Yeah. Like you're pulling on every single puck that comes after because oh, you're yeah. scared to death of it. Oh, those, yeah, and don't forget those combo uh, helmet uh, cage combos were dangerous. I mean, yeah. they, 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 there, was like a, there was a flat spot right here. Yeah, the screws, they, at least with these masks here, like everything you know, goes back it, it, it deflects you know what i mean it deflects mm-hmm. you know unless you catch it square you know which it does happen but it doesn't happen as much as with those combinations man those were that's those where were i caught it right in that yeah. right in that flat spot and it's the pressure split my head open inside yeah. of my helmet had a huge blood stain so i called that my gorbachev helmet from now on because i had a big gorbachev <laughs> stain on top of it i wish i still nice. had that's it great things smelled off oh. so. brian this is a lot the of one dna on that about. on that mask this is the one I was talking about off air. I wrote a book, 100 Ranger Greats, and Villamure did a signing with us, and he was, you know, Covesna, and I, had, I said, hey, bring, bring your mask. That's his mask. That's all. That I is do. awesome. Look at the size of the eye sockets. That yeah, is awesome, mask. Yeah. Oh, I think, man. I think I had one of those. They were a Milec or something like yeah, that when I played street hockey. hockey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, with the big awesome. eye. Well, I, I had this one. I, you'll see a nice uh, – I caught a pretty good one right here on the noggin. This is an old one. Yeah. And, and Bush, you're right. Like when a mask takes a couple shots in the actual cage, it compromises yeah. the cage. Like yeah. youth players, we tell them right away, if you got a dent, you got to get rid of it because it is not safe. And there's a couple right. of great dents in that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, you catch, look, my head's always in the zone because I'm short. <laughs> it's always under the bar, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's, it's always, but I caught another one and Bush, you'll like this. And 
in this bar right here, and you can probably see that nice curve yeah. in there. That was yeah, a nice, the, a nice 47-year-old concussion that I got on that one. Yeah, that's, that's when you got to change it. There's no doubt. Yep. This is the only mask I own. I actually won this from NBC, no joke, on Twitter this year. I cannot Green believe you won that. Out, yeah, when Green Day played their outdoor concert at the uh, All-Star Game. When they cursed. Oh, that's great. Pretty cool, yeah. Uh, who painted that? Do you know, Russ? I don't know who painted it, but let me look and see if they said it on the, uh, on the Twitter feed. I'm not sure. Now, Bush, who was painting your masks? So, initially, it was um, uh, Frank Freddy? Cipra. Oh. Fra yeah, well, Fr Frank Cipra with iTech initially uh, back in the day. And you had uh, your iTech. He did this one, yeah. Uh, that was Frank Cipra. But then Fran Drummond uh, did my mask as I, as when Frank retired. Uh, then, you know, a local guy here in Philly started doing my Flyers masks. And uh, he does great work. He did my, he did my uh, Carolina Hurricanes one. And oh, uh, yeah. this this is this is one is one that I didn't even get to really use. Uh, this was the team that I played for in Switzerland. Uh, oh wow, oh, that's Zug, a beauty. E, Ev Zug, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it kind of was mirroring this uh, this idea. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but I once when I got when I finally got this mask, I got bought out of my contract, and uh, I probably wore it one game or something like that. Now, did so. they give you? A lot of times overseas when they sign players, did they give you like a free house to live in? And was that part of the setup? That was, yeah, that was supposed to be the deal. I never did get to my house. I was, I was only there for two months and I was wow. in a hotel, I was in a hotel the whole time. They gave me a car and uh, I kept asking, say, Hey, we're going to move into that, uh, that apartment. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, pretty soon I figured it out that they, they were signing some Finnish guy and they were looking to get rid of me. So that's why I got the runaround. <laughs> But the funny thing was, is they tried, this is the, the stunt they tried to pull, and I don't mind sharing this. They, they were like, yes, they said, uh, we signed a Finnish goaltender, so now you can go home. And I was like, go home? I was like, what does that mean? And they said, you get to go home. I said, I said you're going to pay me, right? And they said, no. And I said, well, I'm not leaving. <laughs> so I stayed there for three and a half weeks. And I would go watch some practice. And they had a guy who was a, uh, Doug Shedden played for the Pittsburgh Penguins, a Canadian guy. He was their coach. And uh, he was a good guy. He was like, he kind of felt bad of how they were, how they were treating the situation. I would right. come watch practice. I'd go to their games and I just would sit in the stands. And uh, so finally the, they called me and they wanted the, they tried to kill come in and work out. I said, okay, I'll be there. And uh, the strength coach tried to murder me in the, in the weight room. And it was tough. And I, when he got done, I asked him, I said, is, are we done? Is that it? And he's like, that's oh. it. I said, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. You know what I mean? And we did that oh. for like three, three, four days. And then he, the, the strength coach was like, he felt bad. He was like, okay. He's like, I got to be honest with you. I got to go to Phoenix, uh, Arizona for a conference. I'll be gone for two weeks. I said, oh, perfect. I go, you want me to just come in and do the workouts on my own? And he's like, yes, just come in and do the workouts on your own. <laughs> so couple days into it the general manager finally called and he said um he said uh okay what's it going to take to settle to settle this deal i said just give me two-thirds of the contract i said that's what we do in the nhl and i'll be on my way and he said and I, I said and i said all you had to do was just do that from the start you know you paid me an extra three and a half weeks full salary you know yeah, uh, that's on you no brother <laughs> yeah they they but I, I i took joy in going to to watch them practice especially after losses you know i was like you know i'd have my starbucks <laughs> and i i put my cup up and i go hey boys I <laughs> <laughs> but you were first in line at payday when they were handing out checks oh <laughs> yeah yeah make sure those suckers cash you know? <laughs> now bush uh, you, 
your mask, the last one, the Flyers one, uh, was the 2010 mask, I believe. Um, yeah. Let me ask you about no, a couple. No, no, no. This one, uh, wait a second. No, this That's one would have been. Yeah, this would have been my second year. Uh, yeah, that would have been after we made it to the finals. Okay. Where was that mask? What mask did I use for that year? Oh, that was the one with the kind of had a fighter pilot too. Yes. Uh, I don't know what that oh, you know what? That might be in my hockey bag right now, which is. That's which your is alumni in, uh, mask that you're using? Yeah, that's in actually in Rhode Island. That didn't make the trek back to Haddonfield. So. Okay. Let, let me ask you about a, a few. Uh, I want to get firsthand. Actually, hold on. Hey, so it looks like from what I could see that maybe the Finnish goalie was Robin Kuinen. No. Eero Kipalainen. Kipalainen, yeah. Yeah. He didn't do well. He had a 308 and a 908 save percentage. So he stunk. He stunk. Yeah, he wasn't good. Terrible. What was my save percentage, Russ? Uh, 925. Dude, why were they packing you? What's wrong with that? <laughs> and that's, that's, you know, that's the said. weird thing. That's the weird thing because I remember an agent told me a long time ago, save percentage is what gets goalies paid. And your yeah. save percentage was clearly better. I think it was because you were an import. They, I was an import. And, and I, expensive. I did have – but I'll, not that we need to spend time on that part of my life. It was my last year of playing. And I, I went, I got a call on July, like 25th from my agent. And I had no, I had no plans to play. I thought I was done. So I was in Adirondack the year prior uh, that finished up the Flyers traded back for me. Um, and uh, my agent said, Hey, do you want to go play in Switzerland? And I said, not really. He's like, well, it's pretty, you know, pretty good money. He's like, you might want to think about it. I said, uh, so I thought about it for a day or two. I said, when do I have to be there? He goes, you have to be there in three days. And I'm like, Oof. three oh. days. I'm like, literally haven't trained literally maybe went on a couple of runs, you know? And so I, I said, listen, you got to be honest with them. Tell them that when I get there, they have a seven week training camp. I said, I need all seven weeks. They got to be patient, you know? And he said, yeah, yeah, they'll be, they'll be fine. They understand. I got there. My first preseason game, literally got a shutout in my first preseason game. I was like, whoa, that was easy, <laughs> you know? But then it, then they play this like, European tournament, like where they have the, you know, at least the, the Champions League. Champions thing. League, yeah. Yeah, but it's preseason. And I, they're like, listen, we played for the European trophy, but it's preseason. I'm like, well, what does that mean? Is it important? Is it not important? Because preseason in, this, you know, in, in the NHL is not important, you know? It's about just getting your game in order. And I had some struggles there, and I had a bit of a groin strain, and I think they got a little bit spooked out by that. But once the training camp was over and we started the regular season, I started to get, you know, I, I found my groove. But they, I think they'd made their decision weeks and weeks before that that they were doing that. That's why I never got my place. And that's why I, I, I was so hell-bent on making sure that I got paid. <laughs> that, last, that first preseason game where you got the goose, you must have felt like shit the next day. Your body was Terrible. probably like, dude, <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you – because you're, you're going desperation when you have to and you're just exploding. Oh, yeah. I would go, I would go back to my hotel room and I'd nap for like three hours a day. Like I was exhausted after practices. And I was terrible. You can't simulate getting in that shape without being on the ice and, and playing and practicing. There's just no way. No. And then think about it. You're, you're playing a game yeah. August 2nd, August 2nd in <sighs> front of a pack, a packed house. And you're like, are you serious? Like, I think I had rented a, a, a shore place down in Stone Harbor for August 15th. Like, I, you know, I'd already booked it like, you know, a year prior. And, you know, and then I signed with, with Zug and I, you know, I couldn't be with my family on the family vacation. You know what I mean? But what are you going to do? You know, I had no intention of playing hockey in August like that. It was the weirdest thing. I still remember after it being off all summer, the, the muscle that hurt the most when you first got back on the ice in the fall was my forearm. 
I'm just oh, holding this stick. Oh my yeah. god! I, I guess I didn't, you know, I didn't belt out enough over the summer or something. But my forearm was just shot. Um, Need to drink more beer. Well, yeah, I did a little too much of that. Um, uh, Boosh, <laughs> let me ask you about a, a couple of things. I want to get your perspective uh, from the moment, if you can recall it, and then when you realized the moment after. Let's start with the 2010 shootout. You're heading into that shootout. You know the deal. You guys got to win to get into the playoffs, and you're going against the Ranger team. And look, goalies sometimes don't admit this. I, I don't know if you do or you looked at it this way, but you looked at it at the other end and you go, okay, this is me versus him. This is mm -hmm. Brian Boucher versus Henrik Lundqvist. Um, so you're heading into that shootout. Where's your mindset in that shootout? Where was it immediately after you made the save and you had a beautiful Sally? I was scared to death, to be honest with you. I knew exactly what was going on probably midway through that game. It felt like they were playing to get to a tie, to get to it, a you know, shootout. played that game to get yeah. into the yeah. shootout. There's it no felt that way. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they scored early. Shelly scored in the first period on a redirect, and they were trying to hang on for dear life. Carl scored. Matt Carl scored in the third, I believe. But, you know, we, we outshot them like two to one. Like, it was ridiculous. And Lundquist was sensational. And I knew they were just trying to get to the shootout. And, honestly, like, I was scared to death. Like, uh, when, when that overtime ended, I was hoping it would end in overtime because I think that was our best chance. Like, he was the best shootout goaltender in the world at that time. There was no, no reason for me to think that I could but he had him. a bad knee. He hurt his knee that game. He was in oh. pain in the locker room. Why did you have to tell me that, Russ? Like, I, I felt like I, you know, just, I thought – Yeah, I told him. Yeah, told the king. I, 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 exactly. I thought no, no, it was like a great did. story, and now you're telling me he was hurt? No, no, <laughs> I, I, I wrote about it. I, so here's the, here's the part you don't know. I wrote about it in one of my books. And so I, everybody – was shocked that Ole Jokinen was chosen to shoot the last shot because he was a part-time player. He'd gotten traded there. And yeah. Marion Gabarik was on the bench. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you were shocked at that, but I, everybody else was a little shocked at that. You probably didn't think about it. Yeah, I, I didn't think about it at the time. The only thing I, I realized, you know, I didn't even know that Gabrick hadn't gone, you know. I knew yeah. that the first guy that went, Christensen, was very good in shootouts. I do know that. Yeah. And I felt really good about that save. Uh, backed in way too fast on Parento. It was a terrible – how that went in and went off the top of my shot, uh, paddle and went in. But when Jokinen was doing the uh, Dean Young blood down at the other end, circling yeah. the circle, yeah. I'm like – I'm like, seriously, what's this guy doing? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and I, I, I would just was, I just remember being like, I was, I was scared. Like I was nervous. I knew the fans were like, we were kind of like sputtering there in March and we were, people came to that game in that afternoon, whether Flyer fans want to admit it or not. I saw people in warm up with bags on their heads, you know, <laughs> and I saw people with bags in their heads as we came down the tunnel when you pull wow. in, you know, in the morning, it was an afternoon game. And look, the bags were long gone after we won the shootout, and I get right. it. Uh, but there were a lot of people that were pretty pissed at the way we were playing down the stretch. They were probably pretty pissed at me, uh, justifiably so. I was not, you know, I wasn't all that sharp. Leighton had come in and done a great job that year, and I just was trying to, you know, find my game again. But uh, to think that I would beat Lundqvist in that situation, never, yeah. in, a million, never in a million years did I ever think it. But, but when it happened, it was maybe one of the – it's in the top three moments of my, my hockey career. Now, the explosion was great on the celly. <laughs> oh. yeah. And I slipped, which was too bad. Because yeah. That was, so that was um, – Out of the blocks. Was, 
I, what's the word that I'm thinking of? Like that was predetermined. Like, cause I, the night okay. before, two nights before in New York, when they won game 81, they won 43, four to three in New York. And Lundquist always does this thing where he, he hits his crossbar and then he gives her one of those. Right. right. So, yeah. I remember on the train ride back, I was like, this, I was like, if we win in game 82, I swear to God, I said, I'm going to do his celebration. Right. So when we won this shootout, I was so excited. I go to get up and I slipped and then I had to regain my composure and I got up and that's, I gave her one of those. That was oh, my, that was my old, that was my old uh, to the King, you know, he oh, blew a tire out of the, out of the, uh, out of the blocks. I, I totally blew it. <laughs> I'm sure your kid gives it to you like that. How'd you blow a tire on that moment? <laughs> Now, in the Ranger locker room, Jokinen came in, he took off the jersey, and he threw it in the bin like it was a piece of trash, and he was never going to want to see that Ranger jersey ever again. And that's when I knew it was a big mistake that Torts chose him to go in a shootout because he probably didn't want to go. Right. Yeah. And was that his last game as a Ranger? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no kidding. I put the nail in his coffin, huh? Yeah, <laughs> he did. <laughs> he, he signed next year. Don't worry. Nah, he, was <laughs> he was never he was the fine. same. He saw Boosh blow a tire out of the out of the blocks there and was like, how did I <laughs> I threw it into his pad for God's sake? <laughs> oh, that was a terrible move. Forehand, backhand, right? He, went, he went to Calgary for two years after that and he still scored fifty-four and sixty-one points. So yeah, he I mean look, he was a good Don't worry player. about all the opening. He was yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Boosh, let me ask you about the Eliash save because um this is the one. It still gets NHL uh, on Twitter tweeted out on occasion, um, and it is ridiculous. Um, the I I, I got to have you explain it for like it's a Hashik save. I mean, this has mm-hmm. got Hashik written all over as you roll over under your back. And I mean, Steve Levy in the call says that may be the save of the game, maybe the save in the history of the history of the game. Take us through that one, kind of how it. Uh, developed for you as you're backing in on Eliash and then when you got to see it after the game and what that felt like when you go okay oh my god I did that yeah it's a long time ago so you know we're talking what 19 years 20 years yeah um so I believe it was a power play right we're on the Mm -hmm. power play and uh I just knew he was coming with speed what and back then like I was really aggressive like I I had no I don't know if it wasn't a game plan. I just, I swear, I just played. I was aggressive. I was so far out of the net, and uh, you were at the bottom of the circle when he came in. Oh, uh, it was, it was ridiculous how aggressive I was. I don't even know what I was doing. That must have been where I was watching him play from. I'm not even really sure. But he was coming with speed faster than I anticipated, and I just, I liked the poke check back then, and maybe it was just, you know, being dumb and young and dumb and not knowing. And I, I you know, sometimes I surprise guys and. But he he went to his forehand. I went to go I went to go poke check him on a forehand, which is like you know don't do that. That's a, a real a real mm-hmm. no no. And I don't know. Like I just I had momentum going back, and it was the only thing that I could think of at that moment. It wasn't like it wasn't like my celebration with Lung, you know beating Lundqvist. It was predetermined. This was not predetermined. I mean, I just when I missed with the poke check, I knew I was in a lot of trouble, and I just I just decided to you know, swing my arm over in, 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 in hopes that maybe I'd get it. And I had no idea that my, you know, I wasn't planning for the helmet to fall off or anything like that. But um, I remember, remember that save and the crowd was like, it was almost like they were in disbelief. Like mm-hmm. you, as the goaltender, you feel like, oh my, I was like, oh my God, that was, that was sick. You know, like I was like, that was unbelievable. And I picked my mask up and that's when things were rolling for us in the series. Like I, everything we were touching at that moment was turning to gold and obviously the, the tides turned eventually, but um, yeah, that was, 
that was that might be my my best save ever. Maybe because you were at the bottom of the circles and had all that momentum is what really kind of propelled you to swing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Did, if yeah. I was sta- if I was standing still, there's no chance I would have got it. But I had backward backward uh, momentum, and I think that's why I was able to 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 get over there. And it's yeah. not. I don't think I don't think that Eliash really like. It's not like he fumbled the puck. It, uh-huh. it was you know like. I, I think he was so shocked that I that I made that save because he made it, you know, I think a decent enough move to put it home and not that he needed to get it up because I was so far out of position. Yeah, the other part. Listen, the, the, the reality of it, that's a lucky save. Like, it, it may be my best save ever, but I would never, uh, you know, tell anybody to, to do it that way. Huh. It, now, the other so part, you know he's going across your body too. Right. He's coming across from your glove hand to your blocker side. My left side to my right side. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And he's the lefty, and that's a no-no to poke check there because he can just he can it's just easy to drop it way, back. Yeah. yeah, well, he can go way out with you know on his forehand. If he's on his backhand and you surprise him on his backhand, is only so far he can go. Mm-hmm. That's where you typically want. If that's a righty coming in on that angle, go after him. Uh, you know, at least I would have back in the day. Yeah, he has I, less range. When I, went, when I went to Phoenix, I had Benny Allaire, who was my goalie coach. He said, "No more poke checking." That was <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Benoit goes, "No poke uh, yeah. checks, Boosh." <laughs> yeah, no that's more. Funny. Sidebar from that, do you guys think that Patrick Elias is a Hall of Famer? I do. I've covered him in the playoffs. I, I do, yeah. like I felt 100%. like he's that guy, but it, yep. I don't know. I get the feeling some people don't. I don't have his career points in front of me, but just knowing the guy was a winner, um, you know, stayed his whole time with, with, uh, with the Devils. Um, three you know, cups? Look, I, yeah, three cups. I mean, yeah. you know, he was homegrown. And the way he did it, he was a team player. It was never about 25 points in 1240 yeah. games. Yeah, yeah he's a Hall of Famer. Three cups over a thousand points. It's a slam dunk. It's and slam that dunk. team doesn't have a lot of guys that they can hang their hat on offensively. No. In their history, you know. I mean, he played 20 right. years, all with the Devils. I mean, yeah. To me, that's yeah, a Hall right. of um, Slam dunk. Slam dunk. Well, this was awesome, Boosh. You were fantastic. The hair held up very nicely. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> This is my, it's getting long. Jealous. It's getting long. I don't know what to do. What are we gonna do? I don't know. I might have to have my son give me a haircut here. Yeah, just have soon. your son do it. Yeah, super yeah. cuts isn't open. <laughs> no. Hey, real times. quick, b- before we wrap up, how, how was your son's year? I know he's playing with the NCDP. Uh, how did he do? How Tyler uh, make out this year? And what's next? Yeah, it was a good year. I think uh, disappointing that it's over. Right. I mean, they had the USHL yeah. playoffs to look forward to for the 18s. They, you know, they look forward to the world uh, under 18s. Um, it was a good year though. I think he's, uh, you know, he's progressing. I think that first year, a lot of these kids have to get acclimated to a new environment, new school, uh, a competitive environment where they're now dealing with the best kids from the country all on one, on one sheet of ice. Uh, some kids get power play time. Some don't, uh, you know, you got to learn to, you know, swallow your pride a little bit and learn to dig deep. Uh, I think he learned a lot about himself. I think it's, uh, it, it was a good development all year for him. Uh, like I said, I, I wish it would have lasted a little longer, and who knows how it's going to play out in the next month or two. And he's not they a go- goalie. He's not a goalie. He's a strong uh, kid. Yeah, he hits, he hits hard. Um, he's a big boy, man. Yeah, he's 195 pounds and he hits hard. He's, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't know if there's a lot of kids that uh, play that way anymore, but he's trying to, you know, you know, blend the game of that physicality with, you know, playing the game the right way and with some speed and skill. And um, I know I'm proud of him. Uh, I'm happy to have him home and it's great to have him here, but I wish he was still, you know, in Plymouth uh, working out training and playing in the USHL playoffs. Like I said, I don't know how it's going to play out because 
you know, whether they got to go back to school, they, they're not set up for remote school just yet uh, for Michigan. They had to pull the plug before they could get that set up. Um, It'll be interesting to see in May or something like that if they do end up going back and if they have like a modified springtime of training and, yeah. and skating and stuff like that. I hope that's the case because from a development standpoint, I mean, these kids are, you know, they're taking a hit to their development with regards to being in one spot altogether. He probably just wants to get back to that shooting room. That that place is great. Oh, Everybody wants oh, to yeah. the shooting room, man. Oh, trust me. I keep hearing it. He's like, you know, he wants me to set up a shooting room here. And I'm like, <laughs> well, well, you know, with what? You know what I mean? Like, he wants to put holes in the drywall. He's going to put holes so. in your garage. That's what he's going to exactly. do. Exactly. Just come, so. come down to Ice Line and take him to Method, Jamie. Uh, your uh, old teammate, Jamie Lumark. he's got shooting lanes there at this new Method training facility. Unbelievable, Bush. Yeah, it's not open though right now, is it? No, it's not. No, no, but when they open, he can come down. <laughs> yeah, you can't open, even get in for a skate. Yeah, I know, I know. It's just, it's, it's crazy. But you know what? There's other things you can. I'm fortunate. We have a, a gym in our garage, and he's able to work out. I'm, I actually, I'm making a comeback. This is my announcement right here. Oh. On the podcast. I, I've not worked out consecutively like I have uh, since I retired, like I have right now during the self-isolation. I will be making a comeback for the Seattle franchise, seeing that nobody else is skating and I'm not skating as well. I have a chance. Uh, but you no, call I, Ronnie I Francis together, up? I think I've put together 13 straight days of workouts, so uh, feeling pretty good about myself, trying to lose some nice. pounds. and Yeah. So now you um, just have to see real shots again. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then when the first puck hits me, I'll be like, I'm done. I'm retired. <laughs> yeah, you get a goose egg in that first preseason game and you'll shut her down. Not this <laughs> be there with on payday. Ronnie, pay yeah. me. <laughs> here's, what I think. here's what you need to do. Let Pasternak shoot on your four or five times because his shot makes a sound when it hits a goalie like nobody else in the NHL. Right well, now. well, don't worry about that, Boosh. It won't hit you. <laughs> And to be honest with you, my goal, if I was to go to Seattle, would be I'd want to get sent down to the minors in Palm Springs. You know? oh. Palm Springs is the place, man. You're right. uh, we got some bad news for you, Boucher. Uh, you're going down to Palm Springs. Oh. <laughs> can, can I make my 2.30 tea time? <laughs> and I was like, wait, where do I want to play? Palm Springs or Rochester? Like yeah. with Buffalo. Hmm. Just, if, you sign, if you sign in Seattle, make sure it's a one-way deal. That's all I have to say. Yeah. The, uh, the same. Well, like Tim Saunders always says, uh, if you got a week left to live, you go to Buffalo because it'll seem like an eternity. <laughs> That's a good one. You'll be begging to get good. out. You go, oh, man, take me, Lord. <laughs> uh, well, Bruce, enjoy the time with the family at home. Uh, I know that they moved the Olympics, so maybe we're watching uh, you on NBC in, in July, August, September. Who the hell knows if they put a cap on this season? We'll see what happens, man. Yeah, hopefully that's the case, huh, guys? I mean, we 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 miss uh, we miss watching oh, hockey. We miss covering oh. hockey. Stay safe. Uh, you know, hopefully we can ride this thing out and, uh, with minimal you know minimal damage. And um, you know, always always great to talk to you guys. And like you say, hopefully we have hockey in July and August. It'll be different. It'll be like playing in the Champions League in uh, in Switzerland all over we again. All love it though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. right. All right, that's a wrap for episode number 74 of the Stick to Hockey podcast. Thanks, Boosh. Thanks, Ross. We'll talk to you next time.